0: Love Talk
1: Radio. Excuse me, uh yes sir, I understand, but do you actually have the word yes in your vocabulary? I guess it started when I was a kid. If you said I couldn't do it, I did i always had a stubborn street Put a wall in front of me And I'll find a way to get around it There was a friend who said I'd never make the team A lot of small town talk that said I'd never leave Oh, and you know who you are You all play the part In pushing me on to my dreams Told me no Pack it up and get back home It kept me going sorry what you got, I just don't get Oh, but here I am today, standing on this stage And I wonder even now if he gets it, yeah I want to thank everyone who ever told me no Pack it up and get back home It gets me going and get back home, boy, it kept me going, knowing I would prove them wrong, yeah, I knew it all along, without a mind of giving up that long time ago, and so, I want to thank everyone who ever told me no. Told me no. We'll get back to you on that, fun, Just to, to keep trying. I just, you know, I'm not sure that you actually look like a star.
2: Off The Chain, I'm your host Yvonne Mason And I want to welcome you all to the show That song And Off The Chain by Jamie Thurston are my two theme songs That song I want to thank everyone who told me no Is because all my life People have been telling me no Well, you see what happens when you Tell me no We have a wonderful Wonderful show that is not my show It's you show That we are Pretty, pretty close to 130,000 listeners just on this show, just just on Blog Talk. When you add up all of the podcasts, this thing goes up on After, which is Reverb Nation and iHeartRadio and Spotify and and i and YouTube and iTunes Podcast. dot com, Podcast Garden, Spreaker, SoundCloud, um. Stitcher, FM.com, TuneIn Radio, and several other places. I don't know other people put it up. We're we're headed in the direction of 200,000 people that listen to this show in 200-plus countries. So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you. And thank you to all of those of you who told me no. See what happens? Eh, my daddy, my mama told me I couldn't climb over the fence. They put the fence up to keep us in the backyard. I climbed over the fence. So if I climb over a fence at five years old, you best believe that people aren't going to tell me no. And I want to thank Australia because y'all are my biggest listening base, and I appreciate y'all so much. And Australia has a band called the Teske Brothers, and that band should not be in Australia. They're a blues band. They need to be either in the Delta or on Bourbon Street in New Orleans. They are magnificent, so check them out. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I know that you're saying, okay, I'll, I got a book or I got music or I got this, I got that. I might want to come on the show. I'm, I might want to get out there. It's so easy to do, but I'm filling up fast. I've already just about filled up December. I'm already booking for January, and there's two ways you can get on the show. One is you can come on as a guest. And the other is to become a sponsor for the show And before you go, I don't have that kind of money No, you don't understand I I don't do it for the money For ten bucks For thirty days Ten bucks, you know Ten one dollar bills Or a ten dollar bill or Ten bucks I'll run your ad for thirty days I'm not doing it to get rich I'm doing it to give you all exposure And when we're heard in over two hundred countries Don't you want that kind of exposure? I mean, places like Iran and Saudi Arabia and Japan and Iraq and um, Egypt and South Africa and Brazil and Portugal and Spain, just to name a few, that doesn't even get Eastern and Western Europe. I'd love to give you all the exposure. And the way that you contact me is to go to my email, which is offthechainradio at yahoo.com. Or, if you're my friend on Facebook, just send me a message and I'll tell you how to take care of it So, with that being said, I want to introduce two of our newest sponsors to the show The first one is Jay Traveler Pelton She's been on this show She writes some wonderful little books What she has out now is the Oberlin Trilogy And the first in the trilogy is the Infant Conspiracy and it goes kind of like this. In 2018, the Oberlins are a shadow family. The parents, Noel and Violet, along with their children, are very close-knit in more ways than one. You see, they all work in the same family firm. The children are supposed to take over the firm after the brothers return from their hitch with Uncle Sam so that the parents can retire. And, of course, we all know about the best laid plans. But things go south real fast when a savage virus is turned loose on the unsuspecting public. Join the Oberlin's as they set out to make the world a safer place. J. Traveler Pelton, The Infant Conspiracy, book one out of the Oberlin trilogy, and yes, it can be found on Amazon. Another gentleman, or a gentleman that I've had on my show, John Isaacs Jones, he has a cute little book called Alabama Stories. And it's only available in Kindle, and it's a book of short stories written through the eyes of a 12-year-old boy taken from rural Alabama. And when he talks about these places that he lived in as a child in rural Alabama, I can relate because I've been to that part of the country. And called Alabama Stories, John Isaac Jones. They're fun, they're entertaining, they're educational, and you can only get it on Kindle at Amazon. So check his book out. Now, when I tell you that this show produces results, a couple of months ago, an author who's been on this show before, and I've been running her ads for a while now, she posted that her books went number one in Australia because of her ads. Go figure. Her name is Diane Mo. And she writes a series called the Sam Holden series. And the first in the series is called Dog Gone. The second in the series is called Dog Fight. And it goes kind of like this. Wherever a helpless animal whimpers in the dark and wherever the system fails to protect said animal, she'll be there and she isn't giving up anytime soon. So you've been warned. When Sam Holden receives the tip about a brutal dog fighting ring, she embarks on one of her most dangerous acts of vigilantism yet. The monster known as the puppeteer circles Sam's world while she unknowingly circles his. As they chase each other, will Sam put those that she loves most in harm's way in order to break up the ring? With time running out and animals in need, the dangerous life Sam's created begins to eclipse any other life she could ever leave. Check out her books on Amazon, Diane Moat, Dog Gone, and Dog Fight. And with that being said, I want to welcome my guest tonight. It's her first time on the show. I've known this girl through our indie world for quite a few years. We've just never had her on the show before because she's one busy lady. But um, I had Charlotte Hopkins slated, but I just had her on, and she was sort of busy, so she hoodwinked hood her friend Rebecca to come on the show. Author Rebecca Benston is the author of the Rana Shively. Stories, mystery, See, I can't talk tonight. The Rona Shively Stories. It's a mystery series as well as a number of inspirational works, including Wise Up to Rise Up. Rebecca is also the owner of Higher Ground Books and Media, an independent publisher located in Springfield, Ohio. It's also known as HGBM, and it publishes works that are inspirational, motivational, and educational. Her books are available through HGBM. Includes devotionals, memoirs, fictions, children's books, poetry, and assorted nonfiction works. The company has been in business since 2013 and continues to grow. She is interested in changing the world through sharing stories of transformation. Higher Ground Books and Media is a Christian-based publisher that accepts most genres with the exception of horror and erotica. The mission of Higher Ground Books and Media is to help others tell their stories. Paired with Benson's ministry, Higher Ground for Life, she hopes to bring the good news to those who desperately need it. And, Rebecca, welcome to the show, even though I can't speak English (laughs) tonight. (laughs) I'm so glad you're here.
3: (laughs) Thanks for having me.
2: It's been one of those days where... It started out insane and went south from there, so you know you just roll with it so let's- mm-hmm. let's talk about Rebecca a little bit about you. Did you ever in all of your wildest dreams ever think that you would be where you are today
3: um honestly no i um many years ago when i I told my parents I wanted to be a writer. Um, and we're talking many years ago, Um, you know, it wasn't a cool thing. So I took the practical path, and I I got a job and supported myself. And then later I got married and everything, and then later divorced. And so um, I I didn't really see that writing and publishing was going to be a part of my future. But um, thankfully, the way things go, all of the the struggles that I went through led me to a point where I could – Break out and start to express myself with my writing And then that branched out into helping others express themselves So here I am
2: Well, let, let's let talk about you Okay What happened in your life Well, before I ask that question Before we went live, we were discussing the title or the, the name of, of the publishing house called Higher Ground Books and Media. And I ask you, mm-hmm. if, because I had a feeling there was a significance about the reason you you named the publishing house that, what was that significance? What made you take that route and what led up to it? Because it wasn't just something you pulled out of the air, I'm
0: sure.
3: Right, right. Um, many years ago, I had some issues with anxiety, and to say some issues that 's putting it very mildly. I had debilitating anxiety um to the point where i couldn 't get through my work day without having a panic attack and i was I was in the emergency room all the time, thinking I was dying because it just i couldn 't get away from it and part of that stemmed from um about with postpartum depression um and then it it kind of grew from there because after I had my daughter back in um, 2003, I I struggled with postpartum and then later on had um, four miscarriages after I had my daughter. I had one before her and then I had four more. So all, all the hormones and the depression and the anxiety just kept building up and I just, I really struggled to find some way to deal with that and just was was not able to function the way that I knew I should be functioning so I sat down and I was trying to trying to come up with a way to kind of comfort myself and, and give myself a little peace of mind and and I was you know I, I've learned that this helps me more than anything I turned to prayer as a means of doing that and I wrote a little prayer out for myself and I put it on these cards and I put it around my house so that I would see it and then I carried these little cards with me so that I could pull those out whenever I'd start to panic and Um, My prayer was um, a higher ground prayer And I wrote this little thing out And it was, Lord lift me up to higher ground When I'm weak, please come around Hold my hand and make me strong And help me as I journey on And I would just chant that to myself over and over and over To try to get through a really tough situation So that just became my mantra you know, For getting through those hard times And before I knew it and it had developed into a theme in my life, and I later uh turned that into a ministry to help other women and just to try to to give them some some hope and inspiration as well and then even later it uh translated into my writing career and helping others get their stories published so it it really just stemmed from a time in my life where I just felt like I had no control and i had to i had to hold on to something so I just you know I turned to god and and a whole lot of my life uh took a very different path and it it basically dragged me up out of all kinds of depression and anxiety and now I don't even have those issues anymore so um it was very transformational for me <laughs> and uh and now i just I don't worry at all about about the things that used to just have me in knots all the time, so that's where that what came did- from.
2: Would it be fair to say that when, when what, and and for for men to understand this is 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 almost an impossibility. The closest thing that men would understand it would be uh, PTSD from warfare. But when mm-hmm. when one has that many miscarriages plus a lot of birth the hormones in a woman's body just, it's its like short circuit. Right. One becomes like a Jekyll and Hyde and the smallest thing becomes a mountain you can't climb or a river you right. can't cross and, and you exactly. look like you feel like there's nothing out there for me. Why am I not worthy? And all these mm-hmm. things run rampant through your mind. So oh, yeah. I can understand that feeling of I have no control over anything anymore. So I got to believe in something. Might as well be God. There may not be one, which I firmly believe because without my faith, I couldn't have got through a lot. But right. you've got to believe in something to hold on to.
3: Right. And at the time that I started having the panic attacks, I was kind of um, detached from my spirituality and everything. I had been in church when I was 15, and I had set that aside because of problems that I had in the church. And just had walked away from it basically for twenty years, and then later on, I found my way back um eventually went to Liberty University and studied uh religion and discipleship ministry and got a um, degree in that and a certificate in pastoral counseling and really wanted to focus on ministry but i'm not I'm not a traditional minister type because i I just don't do things the way that you do in a traditional church (laughs) so um i i believe that god gives us all gifts and gives us abilities to do things and the challenges that we face in our lives are meant to put us on the path that he has already set for us and he's in control all the time so once i learned that that panic just evaporated you know i don't i never had control but um, going through those miscarriages and having all that in my system and trying to deal with all the emotions and and you know my marriage broke up as a result of some of that um, just it just messed me up for a long time and really i 'm such a different person than I was when I was going through that, and i didn 't even recognize myself during that period of time because i was I was different before that as well, so whatever wow. i 've been put through is is part of me and it is very important to who I am. I couldn't be who I am today without having gone through that. So um and I'm I'm kind of looking forward to see what he does with with this part of the journey, you know, what's that going to look like in 10 years. So
2: so even though these were defining moments, they didn't define mm-hmm. who you became. Mm-hmm. once you and and this is something that I've had to teach my husband and and my children is that None of us are in control. The things we can change, we change. The things we cannot change, we have to leave them to God because God sees down the road a hundred years, a thousand years, a millennium. We don't know the big picture; He does. And and things happen in our life for a specific reason, and we may never fully know the reason. That's But he right. does, and we have to we have to have faith that He is in control and He'll take care of it, whatever it is.
3: Right. And, and many years before all of the miscarriages and everything, I, in my early 20s, had a problem with alcohol. And um, and I was a victim of rape. And, I mean, all of these things build up to um, the specific challenges that were meant to create strength in me. So um, dealing with, with all of that brokenness and knowing that once I handed that over to God, that he was going to make something really cool out of it, um that brought me through and and it continues to be um the highest motivation for me and anything that i face i know that it's it's going to turn out a whole lot better than it looks right now so um it, it's really very interesting to look back 15 years and know just all of the different challenges that were in front of me that that seemed so big at the time
2: and now, and now they're like little molehills
3: right they're, they're nothing <laughs> So it's, they're, uh, insi-
2: they're insignificant yeah. in the big picture of your life And you, you said something that, that I want to circle back around to And that is that, mm-hmm. that your ministry is not like the traditional ministry in the churches Well,
0: mm-hmm. it,
2: the Bible tells us to go and teach It doesn't tell us how to go teach It just says go teach right. And you're right We all have gifts And we all minister in our own way just because we don't stand in front of a pulpit and preach hellfire and brimstone doesn't mean we're not. We minister every day by our lives.
3: That's right. And when I've had the opportunity to help some other people get their stories out, that to me, that that's how God has spoken to me because I get to read some of the best stuff. I mean, when people submit their manuscripts to me and I read the work that they've done in their lives and see the challenges that they've faced, and some of the life stories that have been sent to me about recovery, um, I've got a lot of uh, devotionals and that sort of thing. There's so much life experience that I get to I get to be a part of, and I get to see how that manifests in other people's lives, and then how that's used as a platform for healing other people through sharing your experience. So, to to just be able to help someone, you know, put a cover on that and get it out into the hands of people who need to read it is a privilege to me.
2: And and the thing is, if it helps, and just like we talked about before we went live on the show, if your experiences in life help one person to understand they're not alone and Mm -hmm. that what they are experiencing is not unique to them, that we've Mm -hmm. all had similar experiences and we're all in this together, Then maybe, A, it might save a life for one thing, which is excellent, because once a life is lost, we can't get it back and it rips the fabric of our future. And two, Mm -hmm. it may inspire someone to become the person that they are inside. They just don't know it yet.
3: Right. And I I see that a lot because when you're dealing with depression and anxiety, you, you tend to turn on yourself. You know, you turn inward and... With anxiety, it's definitely, a, you know, you don't have as much control as you want, so you're angry and you're frustrated, and you tend to kind of bottle all that up, and and you're not sharing your experiences with others. You're not telling people why this bothers you or why you're upset. You're just kind of holding it in. But, I mean, the minute you share that experience with somebody, it it takes on a different kind of a, uh, an impact. It, it just, it's, when I sat in on my first Bible study, many years ago, I had no idea that other people had gone through, you know, the um, the types of things that I had gone through. And I remember thinking, I thought I was the only one who had gone through a rape like that, you know, or had, had dealt with a, a situation where I was dependent on alcohol for a time. I had no idea that that wasn't just me, and I wasn't just the most awful person in the world for these things that happened to me so just having that that sense that you know maybe god doesn't hate me <laughs> maybe that's not why this <laughs> happened to me maybe it had a broader purpose than than what i had uh, you know believed for so long so um telling your story is just as therapeutic for you as it is for everybody else to hear it so it's it's very important that that we share these things with each other if we want to see any healing take place
2: And and I've always said that that a burden that is shared is a burden that is much lighter.
3: That is absolutely true.
2: And then when we share that burden, we don't want to keep dragging it along with us into our present and our future because it's the past. We can't change it. We can't Mm -hmm. do anything to make it go away. All we can do is, is do what you did, take it and use it as a tool to embrace our new life and help us along our journey to be the person and do the things that we really want to do and to make okay. a difference in someone else's life.
3: Right. And and nothing that we go through is wasted and it's it's uh it's interesting to see how much good can come from the things that we thought were the worst things that ever happened to us. Um when we when we set our mind toward uh fixing it and getting the healing that we need. So um I I fully believe that anything we go through can be turned around and, and used for good.
2: I agree. I, I, things that have happened to me, I go back and I look at them now and I thought, you know what, if I hadn't gone through that, I wouldn't be here today, or I wouldn't be That's able right. to do this today, or I wouldn't be able to be empathetic to someone else that mm-hmm. is experiencing the, the, a similar circumstance or I might not be as um, understanding. Right. And everything, it's like you say, everything happens with a purpose, and God knows the purpose. We don't always know the purpose. We think, what have I done, or why am I this way? But God has a purpose, and it's up Mm -hmm. to us to change the direction of our lives or else wallow in the self-pity and let it overtake us.
3: Right, and when when we're ready to deal with it in the way that, we're supposed to deal with it, then he's there to help us pick everything up and put it back together. Um, You know, he'll step aside and let us struggle as long as we're being resistant (laughs) to what we need to do. But uh, once we kind of wise up and we figure out, hey, you know, there is an easier way to do this if I just let the person who knows how to do it do it, you know. Um, (laughs)
2: Instead of pushing his hand away and saying, I don't need you, I don't need you. Well, yeah, we do. We kind of (laughs) do.
3: And and I did that for many, many years.
2: (laughs) We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Off the Chain. I'm your host, Yvonne Mason, with my guest tonight, author and publica, Rebecca Benson. And we are having a wonderful, wonderful chat. And we will be right back.
1: Do you have cougars on your porch swing? Are horses your new best friend? Do your nicest shoes get buried knee-deep in snow as your toes turn blue? Are you bothered by wolves at your woodpile? No, not that kind of wolf. Join wildlife artist and author Nancy Quinn and her family as they discover an exciting new life in Go West, Young Woman, a true Montana adventure. Available online and in bookstores. Or... Visit quinwildlifeart.com for a personalized signed copy. Critics agree, it's a hoot.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, hold on. We have lost connections. Let's see if we can get it back now. Okay, let's see if we can start this again.
3: Hi, this is Winona and Jade inviting you to join us and our wonderful guests on the And I Thought Women's Cave podcast on Blog Talk Radio to learn more about our books, the And I Thought series, and the Misfit Guides. They're available on Amazon.com and BarnesandNobles.com. Or just to see what your ladies are up to, you can find all of that out on www.andwethought.com. Dot com. So peace and love from Winona and Jade and our books. <laughs> <laughs> You're so silly. You silly. Remember that? That's funny. Remember to visit us at andwethought.com. And
1: A struggling city, its beloved baseball team, an antique camera, and photos from that camera that bear an image from the pit of hell. An entity only a select few can see. Journalism professor Buddy Cullen is determined to track this demon down. But who is the hunter and who is the prey? And who will be the next target of mankind's mortal foe? Mortal Foe. Available at Amazon.com. The book Ruin Days is at Amazon. Is it true? Travis's dad ruined America's Day on November 22, 1963. Travis is still feeling the repercussions. He sets out from Kansas to ruin some days himself. Why? He's really, really pissed. When the same people who killed JFK kills his aunt and the new girlfriend, they become the hunted. Amazon by not wise, Ruined Days.
2: And we are back. This is Off the Chain. I'm your host, Yvonne Mason, with my guest author and publisher, Rebecca Benson. And I apologize for that technical difficulty. It happens from time to time with AT&T. They like to, for whatever reason, go offline. But we have returned, and Rebecca and I were just talking about getting through life with faith. And Rebecca, would it be fair to say that the faith you have now has sustained you in ways you never thought possible?
3: Um very much so Yeah. I um I I didn't have this connection years ago when all the when when my world seemed to be like falling in around me. And I struggled for many many years until I figured out that that was what was missing. And when I got back to um back to the church and really started learning about God instead of just just hearing sermons and and going with whatever I heard from the pulpit, um not that there's anything wrong with listening to sermons and and learning like that, I really had to dig deep to get the meaning out of it. And you know, like I said I went to college after that and got my degree in religion so i could have the foundation and i could understand what i was hearing and and that really helped me to process everything i think on a different level than i had before so um faith is just you know i i don't know why it took me so long to get to that <laughs> but but i'm glad i finally figured out what i needed so
2: well when when you made that first four see I can't talk That's why we call it off the chain Because some nights I just cannot talk <laughs> When you made that full circle In starting uh-huh. writing mm-hmm. Your Rona Shabley books While thrillers and, and and excitements and mystery and all that They have a Thread of, of fate That runs through them Even with her adversities and everything She goes through, is that correct?
3: Mm-hmm. That's right Um, she's, I put her through a similar journey. Um, when I started writing the books, I hadn't figured it out yet. I was, I was still very much outside of, um, my faith and I, I didn't know, you know, I was, I was trying to figure out where to, where to put faith basically, you know, do I, do I trust the church? Do I want to go in and, and try to see if that's going to work for me? And, And I had a really, um, Hard time going back to church after so many years, but about four years into writing the Rona Shively series, I I went back and it stuck and it it started to really sink in what I needed to hear and you know I was seeing things with new eyes and and my character it just didn't make sense to not show that in her as well because she's kind of like always been my alter ego you know she said the things that i couldn't say and did the things that i couldn't do um in my former life i was i was like an hr manager so i had to be really politically correct and i had to be really nice to people and and that's not really um natural sometimes for me (laughs) not that i'm not nice but just just that i have a tendency to say what's on my mind whether it should be said or not Um, um and my character had a tendency to do that too and i noticed that it was some kind of um cathartic thing for me to write her and just let her say whatever she felt needed to be said and so she was very rough around the edges for a few years there and then kind of mellowed out a little bit as she started to see the connection between some of the things that she didn't understand and her lack of faith in anything because she didn't have any. And I let her grow a little. But see, she in in the later books, she's still struggling with some things. And although she believes in God and she believes in his power to change things in her life, she's still crusty. She's still kind of, you know, why does this have to happen this way or she gets angry and has little arguments with God sometimes. And it's like, you know, I do that too. (laughs) I'm still, you know, I'm still kind of like his, his spoiled kid. You know, when I'm talking to him, I'm like, really, is this, do I have to go through this again? So (laughs) he's, uh, he's kind of working on me to, to tone that down a little bit. So I'm trying to tone her down in response to that just to show that I get it. Um, I've kind of taken a break from her for the last year or so, but I'm I am actually working on another book right now. So when when you
2: started the Higher Ground books and media, was mm-hmm. that in your let's say 5-year plan was that part of your journey or was it something that evolved? Because of that need Because I don't think we have enough publishers That cater to the type of books that you cater to
3: Okay Um, It actually was an accident The way that I ended up um, becoming a publisher Um, I had published a few books with Stone Garden um, And then that publisher closed A very good publisher And um, he was very... Very helpful in getting me started uh, With some of the books that I put out there And um, he just had a lot of faith in my ability So he published, I think I want to say four books for me And then he uh, re-released the first two That I had with another publisher from before So when he, when he decided to shut his doors All of the rights reverted back to me And I re-released them under my own label which was books from higher ground when I first started out. And then um, a little while later, I had some, some questions from some people who wanted to publish. And so I decided maybe I should expand and, and maybe publish them. And, you know, I did all the stuff on the business end, created the contracts and decided how I wanted the philosophy of this, this particular publishing business to be. And from there, it was just, you know, it just kept growing. And I now have about 13 authors and I'm getting manuscripts quite frequently. I'm always reading something and trying to figure out if that'll, if that'll fit in with what we have and if that fits with our mission and, and what I'm trying to accomplish with this business. So, um, it's just, it's, it's really amazing to me that I have this many people who are willing to trust me to put their book out. So, um, it's it's really um I don't even know how to how to process it some days.
2: Well, just just for the sake of the audience when when you said um if they fit with our mission what would mm-hmm. if I were to ask you what is your mission statement what would you answer me what is it that you um. want to see happen with the release of all these wonderful books
3: That you're putting out for these other folks It's pretty much what What you said in the introduction um, I really want to I want to change the world Through sharing stories of transformation um, Whether that's in a, a Fiction story Whether it's somebody's life story Or maybe a devotional that kind of outlines The steps to a better prayer life Or a, um, how to deal With with life in general just any kind of a, a way to do that, anything that enriches the quality of your life. I I publish things like I have a few children's books that I think are really really good and I think that um they inspire kids, you know, when they see the pictures and they see these stories and, and I, I actually encourage kids to write too. My daughter has two books um that she's published with me that she did all of her illustrations and everything. So anything that if someone has a desire to write it, and I feel like it was part of their transformation, then it's it's going to resonate with me that that's something that needs to be seen and heard, and I'm going to try to put it out there for them.
2: And see, already you're making a difference in other people's lives, not just the people that are that are reading the stories, but the people that you are publishing for. You're making a difference in their lives because you're saying what you were doing is your story is worthwhile, what you're writing is right. worthwhile you were worthwhile, so you've already right. paid forward what you've already gone through and realized I'm enough
3: right it's It's such a boost that first the first time I saw one of my books printed, and I got my first copy. I just remember the feeling that I had when I held that book in my hand for the first time. It was almost like holding my daughter for the first time. Uh-huh. Wow. I, I remember this those like, days. Yeah, the second coolest thing I've ever done. So uh, yep. so, um, so just giving somebody the validation, uh, the confidence that that instills in someone when they have their book in their hand and they can see it and it looks good and they, they can be proud of handing that to someone and saying, look, I, I did this. I wrote this out of what happened to me and things that I thought other people needed to know. And, you know, this person thought it was it was good enough to put out there, so take a look at it. It, it really gives you a boost, and it does kind of validate some of the stuff that you've gone through when you're finally able to um, to just sit at a table with your books and tell people about them. And, I mean... Even if you don't sell any, it still does something for your confidence just to be there so
2: it and and it it especially stories that are stories that have happened to someone and they it's like you and I talked about before we went live, they came through the other end of that tunnel, and not only do they exist, but they survived, and they are stronger for it. So they can, right. with the with the grace of God and the help of God, they can weather any storm as long as mm-hmm. he is at the helm, and they'll get through it.
3: Right. And, and the big thing, you know, you hear people say, well, I live to tell about it. Yeah, that's significant because... Sometimes you don't think you're going to get through it, and you think you're just going to you're going to end up, you know, dying right there in the midst of that crisis, and nobody's ever going to know that it happened to you or care, and that's the worst feeling in the world, but when you have the opportunity to put that down in writing and put that in somebody's hands or make sure it's out there, then it's kind of like you release that. You release all of that pain that went with that, that ordeal or whatever, and and, and it means something because you came through it and you were able to actually say, hey, I defeated that. You know, it's it's all done. It's behind me.
2: And would it be fair to say, Rebecca, that mm-hmm. once a person has come through the valley of the shadow of death and, and the throes of hell, that they can honestly say, I own this. It does not own me. I own this. It's mine. Yeah. I'm yeah, I don't belong I think, to it. It belongs to me.
3: Right. I think that's that's absolutely fair. Um because until you do come through it and you say, you know, that it didn't kill you. It didn't that wasn't the thing that did me in. Then it it does kind of own you. I mean, <laughs> really there were there uh-huh. were times when I I just felt like there was no way to get out from under the anxiety. I could not I could not stop. Being so upset all the time and being so So scared I mean The postpartum stuff it will really Tear you up I mean I was Scared to death that something was going to happen to my Daughter when she was little because I I Was just I was like oh my god I can't do this And I just remember feeling like I was never going to get away from that and It was so awful but then On the other side of it you know She's she's almost 15 years old now And she's she's fine She's She's a great kid she's She's doing great. <laughs> I did not damage her. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm like, Okay, well, I didn't have to be quite so anxious, but there was a reason. I mean it, it made me a better parent, I think, to just be hyper vigilant and I you know, I probably could have been a little more fun at times, but that's just what I had to do to get through that particular phase in my life. So so
2: but but now you own it and and, and, and then right. owning it you allow it to be a defining moment without defining who you are. Yes. Now I read that you were looking for an intern. Are you still looking for an intern?
3: I am. Um trying to find someone who can help me kinda of tie together some of her the things that I'm doing I've I've got some some things I'm trying to do with social media to really boost the the company and to to just get our names out there on a broader um, scale and uh, my daughter's actually been helping me a little bit now that she's older she um, she's she's pretty good with the computer so she helps me a little bit from time to time when she's not doing other more interesting things you know as a teenager she's there's always something more important than what mom's doing. So, um, But she's she's been very helpful to me because she knows social media and, I mean, what better person to help you navigate that than a teenager. So, um, <laughs> So I am still looking for someone who likes to do, like, the cold calls to bookstores and things that I used to do. I don't necessarily have the time to do it now, but it's something that I still want to do. I want to try to do some more marketing and some events for my people that that write for me and just give them a little more exposure as well. And, and I've just I'm just one person so I don't have enough hands or brain cells to get out there and do everything. But yeah, I'm still looking for at least one intern and I might expand that to to two. I'm I'm just not sure what I'm gonna need yet. <clears throat>
2: so being that you're using the word intern, what would it entail? Would it entail a certain age? Would it in turn entail a certain time frame or are, are things negotiable?
3: I think um what I'm looking for is somebody who can do maybe ten to twenty hours a month, depending on if we're working on a special project, so it would it would have to be someone who's not looking for this to be their bread and butter. Um, because I'm I'm also thinking it's gonna be more of a commission based um internship instead of a paid, you know, like like I'm gonna to commit to pay this much because the point of this is that I would set up some events and that if we are able to we would pay a percentage of that to the person that helps set it up. So that's what I'm hoping to do.
2: Well, with this show being heard all over the world, it, it, things happen. Once I throw things out in the in the universe, things for some reason happen. Don't ask me why, but they do. So <laughs> we'll see what happens. Now, you are going to um, get another
3: of Shavali book out, correct? hmm I'm working on that right now. And... I'm not quite sure what I'm going to do to her yet. I had some thoughts about it, but sometimes she just redirects me when I get halfway through and (laughs) changes my mind completely. I'm always surprised at the endings in my books. I never know what's going to happen. (laughs) Well, I know
2: that you have um, a couple of inspirational books, and I'm looking at your, your site and the Wise Up to Rise Up. Uh-huh. I like that title. Why
3: that title? Um, it's it's kind of a a, a book about knowing um, how your heart is is viewing things in your life. Um, one of the big things in that book, I made these little diagrams of like a human heart, but it's heart shaped. It's not like a an anatomically correct heart, um, and like. How much of it is faith, and how much of it is family, and how much of it could be addiction or some other preoccupation, and just like what what the circumstances are surrounding the different types of uh of heart that you might have, and kind of walking someone through the steps of how they got to that place and how they can get to a more balanced um, a more balanced life where maybe their faith has as much weight as it needs to have to pull them through some of these these things that they encounter. Um, so the wise up to rise up just basically is just uh you know how how can we learn enough to rise up out of whatever um whatever crap we're in. <laughs> so.
2: Then you have these seven days to higher ground. You got seven days to higher ground, the purification process. Seven days mm-hmm. to higher ground, building a strong foundation. Seven days mm-hmm. to higher ground getting to know your healer, seven days mm-hmm. to higher ground a week long daily devotional for celebrating a new life.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: what are those all about?
3: those are um I tend to do things in like in patterns like um the seven days is that's about how long I like to stay on a diet <laughs> so, <laughs> so I figured I figured you know. Let's let's do that because actually seven days of, of praying in a different way can break you out of some stagnant patterns where, you know, I noticed in my own prayer life I was getting to where I was just saying the same thing to God when I would sit down to pray. And I'm like, well, he's got to be bored to death with me, so I'm going to try to switch it up a little bit. And I just, when I started writing those books, um, I did it with an eye toward um, switching my prayer life up and maybe – sparking some things and and maybe starting to ask god the right questions for me at that time instead of just doing the the autopilot prayer you know so that's what those are designed for and i wrote those at different points during some things that i was going through and <clears throat> i had some some specific challenges during that time and i wanted to address those so i tried to, to put together a framework to do that so that people could break out of kind of that uh that autopilot mentality
2: and then I, I see the one that says by Love Divine. Now, now that one really intrigues me. Tell me about that one.
3: That one is a collection of some of my favorite posts to my um, blog. I have a blog called Leading the Follower on WordPress, and that's one that I used to do quite a bit of writing at, where um, I would just take some verses and I would I would take a theme and write about you know some of the things that I'd seen and my take on what that verse meant or what that particular theme meant as far as um, God's word and how I interpreted that at the time. Um, so that particular blog, I, I'd written so many different posts, and I thought there are some of these that I would really like to make sure that they're in one place and that I can get those out to people who may not read the blog. So I put it all together in kind of a collection of of articles, and that's that's what that is.
2: Well, I'm going to tell you what, Rebecca. You've got some beautiful titles, and and even the Rona Shively stories. Ladies and gentlemen, this is, um, you've got, let me get back up here. You've got, um, I Was Here, Mm -hmm. and then Road to Nowhere, Send Me an Angel, Thy Will Be Done, No Rest for the Wicked, this side up, now you see me, under locking key, and keeping the faith, and in the wash. Now, okay, in the wash, mm-hmm. you got to explain that one. <laughs> okay.
3: That was the first book in the series. And basically I like to use, like, sayings that you might have heard um, or you know, different themes. So, you know, how they say it will all come out in the wash. That was kind of... Yeah. My thought at the time—I was a huge mystery fan when I, when I started writing this series—and I read a lot of um, Sue Grafton and um, Lisa Scatolini and like suspense and thrillers and things like that. So while I was waiting for them to finish their books, I wrote this book. <laughs> so I got—I got really impatient with waiting for their next book. So I just wrote one, and um, th- that one was about a mystery that uh, I think took place. Some of the stuff took place in Like a laundry room in the basement Of an apartment building So that was kind of one of the themes there And it was kind of I cheesy love, I have to say I that love, first, But I the first love the first cover
0: <laughs> <I> love,
3: <laughs> yeah, ladies, I, It's a
2: cover of a of a laundry mat The inside of a laundry mat Now you're not going to mm-hmm. believe this But our hour's almost up Oh wow, okay <laughs> I told you, if it goes by fast 15 minutes it would it not doesn't. have even touched it but right. I have. A, will you come back?
3: Oh yeah, I'd, I'd be glad to.
2: Okay, we'll bring you back after the first of the year. Now, tell the folks where you can be found.
3: Okay. Well, the the easiest place to find me is at the Higher Ground Books and Media website, and that is just highergroundbooksandmedia.com, dot com, and that's all just one big long word. And um, that's the bookstore, and there's a link to the blog for Higher Ground Books and Media. I'm also on Facebook. You can just find me under Rebecca Benston, and you'll see all the different links to Higher Ground Books and Media and the ministry Higher Ground for Life. Um, I'm posting here, there, and everywhere at any given time and usually have some of my blog post stuff feed into one or the other of those those places. So
2: now, um, if anything if someone I'm doing. Wants, if, yeah. if someone wants to contact you about the internship, can they, they can get you at Facebook, right?
3: Yes, and can get me through Facebook or um, Higher Ground Books and media at gmail.com.
2: So there you go, ladies and gentlemen. Now, don't hang up when the show goes offline because I want to tell you some things, but I do want to say thank you so much for being on tonight. I believe there's a divine purpose in everything, and it was meant for you to be on tonight because I needed you tonight. Today's been a very stressful day, and you have helped in ways you will you cannot possibly Believe i know you understand it But some days i mean It's it's been from my husband not feeling Well to the battery on the car Going dead and me having to get it fixed you know It's just been one of those days so i Want to thank you for your Uplifting inspirational Attitude and your faith Because my faith sustains Me as well and and us to be able To share these things that's so important To me so ladies And gentlemen um Author Rebecca Benson. I'm sh- can they find you on Amazon too, Rebecca?
3: Yes, we're also available on Amazon.
2: So now y'all can't go now because you know I always say this at the end of the show: people will forget what you look like, they'll forget your name, they'll forget what you're wearing, but they will never, ever, ever forget how you've made them feel. And tonight, of all nights, I hope that we have made all of you feel. Like you are the most important people in the room Because you are And remember No burden Is too heavy to bear Once it is shared And we are all enough Just remember that All of us are enough So whenever you feel like you have the need Not to be here anymore You feel like your burden's too heavy Get hold of Rebecca Get hold of me Find somebody that you can talk to Because we are all here also, if you aspire to greatness, please stop asking permission because nobody's going to give it to you. You just go out and grab it, and it's yours for the for the grabbing. If you want to be a garbage collector or a rocket scientist, you can do that. Encourage your children to understand that they are great, they can be great, they will be great, that it is all up to them and they are enough. And also remember this, you are all special. So when you look in the mirror in the mornings, don't say, I just feel special today, because feelings, as Rebecca and I have talked about, feelings come and go. When you look at yourself in the mirror in the morning, say, I am special. Trust me, when you begin to believe that about yourself, others will see it in you, and they will believe it as well. Right, Rebecca?
3: That's absolutely right.
2: So, And remember, you all are enough. And with that, I'm going to leave you. We'll be back here again tomorrow night at 8 o'clock Eastern Daylight Time off the chain. I want to thank Rebecca for being my guest tonight. She's been a marvel. I love her. And I want all of you to love yourselves and love each other. And join us again tomorrow night at 8 o'clock Eastern Daylight Time here on Off the Chain. I'm your host, Yvonne Mason, with my guest author and publisher, Rebecca Binston. And we say to all of you, have a wonderful rest of the evening, and join us again tomorrow night. Good night. Okay, we're off the air, but all of this will go up in the archives, but what I wanted to tell you is, When we get off Mm from here and this show goes into archives, I'm going Uh to send the link. I'm going to put the link on my page. I'm going to tag you in it. And this is my gift to you is to take the show and spread it around. And then tomorrow when I put it up on all the podcasts, I'll also put those links Mm -hmm. up for you. And you can spread that around. So out of it, you should get an intern or two.
1: All right.
3: Well, I very much appreciate this. It was really good talking to you. And, well, um, I, have yeah. had
2: a, I have had a ball, and I can't wait to bring you back because we didn't touch on your authors. We didn't touch on their stories. There's so much we didn't get to.
3: Well, any time you want me to come back, just let me know, and, you know, I'll, I will find time any time.
2: Well, I'm thinking I want to bring you back in January because, see, what will happen is you'll get a following on this show so you can release okay. your author's books on this show.
3: All right, that's a great idea. Yeah,
2: and we can um, even bring the authors I, on and interview them.
3: Okay. Yeah, I've got I've got a bunch of them, and you know Charlotte's one of them. Of course, she's mm-hmm. she's done four books with me, and so she's she's great. She's always bringing me like hundreds of ideas and everything. So, I just oh, I thank God She's really been been a, a good person to know. <laughs> so, yeah, she's and, she's and a I man. actually yeah, I got to meet her. Um, I had an author fair in November of last year, and she traveled up to Ohio, and I actually got to meet her in person. So that was that was just so much fun to meet her and another one of the the guys that writes for me that lives near her. So um, she's just been great, and I just appreciate her so much. <laughs> so
2: there you go. So, so, we'll so what we'll do is we'll start off next year, and we'll mm-hmm. get – We'll bring your authors on, and you can help me co-host
3: okay. and
2: help me interview Wouldn't that be fun?
3: Oh yeah, that'd be great. I think that would be a lot of fun.
2: Okay. Well, we'll. I'll. I'll get some dates down, and you just tell me what authors to plug in there, and then you can put it on your calendar, and we'll just start the next year with all of that going on.
3: Okay. Well, you. You just let me know if there's anything else that you need help with, and. You know, I'm happy to help with whatever, even if you just need someone to pray for you. I'm I'm here for that. Too. Oh, I
2: always need that. I always <laughs> okay.
3: need that. Prayer right.
2: sustains me in ways that you would not believe. If it wasn't for prayer and faith, I'd be losing my mind.
3: Definitely. Well, I will. I will definitely keep you in my prayers then.
2: Thank you, my darling, and I will let you go so you can spend the rest of the evening with your daughter, and I appreciate you so, so much. Thank you.
3: Okay, thanks a lot. Have a good night.
2: All right, baby. Bye-bye. Bye.